Hey, Pollinator Warriors, you're listening to What's the Buzz, and I'm your girl, Ali. In this week's episode, we, yes, tick off on the admin side of things, but then we go into the not-so-sweet side to beekeeping and the notorious murders that have happened within our not-so-sweet industry. Sit back, relax. (laughs) I'm your girl. This is What's the Buzz. Welcome back to What's the Buzz? I'm your girl, Ali, and we have our three special guests. We have my girl in pink, Steph, from the Urban Bee Co. How are hey, you, Steph? Good, and you? <laughs> oh, yeah, kicking along. Uh, our weather's been up and down, so we haven't floated away or we haven't melted away right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been good. And we also have Steve Fuller from Crop Pollination Australia. How are you, Steve? Oh, I've got the flu a little bit, girl, so, uh, but look, other than that, I'm still above the ground, so I'm happy. Yeah, you know there's a cure for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I take a teaspoon of honey every day. It's the best thing. And guess yeah. what? It's Australian honey. Good stuff. It's Australian real raw honey. That's what yep. I love. And we've also got uh, Simon from Save the Bees. Sup, Simon? How are you? Yeah, I'm a little bit sniffly too, so excuse me if I croak a little bit, um, but um we've got a bit of a heat wave on the way here um for us so oh wow melbourne and a heat wave that's yeah, that's new. i think it's 37 <sighs> tomorrow or something so yeah it's um but i'm good yeah that's um your heat's a little bit different from the heat that me and steph, steph experience um and maybe even you steve we get the real yep. humid disgusting yeah. heat where melbourne's dry isn't it yeah, well, it seems like when I go up there, the hives are bearding the whole time up there. Okay. And um, even in the evenings, you seem to have um, bees, you're like sleeping outside of the box sometimes. But oh, yeah. Down, down here, I haven't seen any bearding this summer. Um, oh, our, literally, I can go three, like a beard can go three stacks high on my boxes of an evening. Yeah. And so it's funny because the one thing is you get people obviously freaking out, ringing, saying, what are my bees doing? Because it's quite unusual here. But I always tell them it's a good sign. It's a sign that they might have honey or soon yep. have honey. Um, but I tell you one thing I don't like, and it'll be interesting, Steve's opinion, but the ventilated bottom boards. Um, yep. I don't know if they're necessary up there. but um, Oh, find... 100% necessary. One hundred percent. I can definitely agree with that one. All all of my um girls have the ventilated bottom boards. They very much need it. And is that because you think of the heat, or uh, is it multiple? To... So multiple reasons. So one heat, hundred percent. Like if I catch a new, so say if I catch a swarm, and I don't have ventilated lids, they'll abscond mm-hmm. straight away. Uh-huh. Ventilated lids are okay. Yep. It's the bottom boards where I've found that um, they get a bit cold here. Yeah, see, we <laughs> I've got the ones, so mine are called the hive, uh, oh, what are they? Hive the doctor. Hive doctor ones. So they uh-huh. do, so they are ventilated. So <laughs> majorities, the majority of the year round, the, my traps come out. So it makes it airflow. I only put them the clear traps back on, like so they just slot underneath um, two months of the year in winter. But otherwise, we 100% need those ventilated um, bottom boards for one hive beetle. It maintains them so amazingly. Um, two, we get really wicked weather 
And even with tin on the tops of our hives, you'll find in our big storms where there's a wind coming a certain way, the water will come into the hive. And I know that if you have your hive on a slight tilt, it'll come back out. But when we get our really, really heavy rains, it just doesn't give it the opportunity. So I find that it's like a safeguard that if water gets into those front doors, it's going to go straight through that um, base and empty out. So you're not going to drown your girls, especially with those upper bar uh, traps. They sit in the bottom and if water gets in them and it leaks out, you have mass death of your actual bees themselves. Um, And just in our weather, hive beetles friggin' crazy. So you need to have some sort of traps in the bottom. Um, Otherwise, the girls just can't defend their hives. Yeah, um, luckily I don't, you know, suffer from them. Small hive beetle. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, especially. Yeah, like, like we might see one or two, but um, I know it's a lot worse. Oh, yeah. If I don't have those apple bar traps in certain periods of the year, you can see hundreds and they just literally can destroy hives within days. Yeah, yeah, I've heard horror stories about those traps. And the the smell, like Mm. they can literally, you can check a hive within days if you overbreak honey. So like that's what gets me. People are like, oh, it's rainy or it's cold, don't get into the bees. Also, if it's really hot. So here in Queensland, if you get into the hives and break honey in our heat, it just runs straight through. And if the girls can't clean it up, the hive feed will come in and just take over, eh? And they can take over a real strong hive within days. So I love yep. those hive doctor beetle board things. They are a lifesaver. Yeah, they are. I do. And, I, and again, with the hot, humid, wet weather, it's we, they're definitely needed. And I see, I've seen the huge difference they've made. And um, for those people who do listen to us and who ha- don't know what bearding is, um, does anyone want to give a really good explanation to bearding so that any way of our new beekeepers who have do experience it? Um, basically, they create an airflow within the hive to keep it at a constant temperature which is at the same temperature as our blood, I think, at, um, you know, over 35 degrees, is it? 35, 36, yep. Yeah. And, um, and they collect water as well, so it has a cooling effect. Um, so that's what they're doing when they're bearding. But, uh, I don't know, maybe up to 50 60% of the bees might stay outside the hive to keep yep. the eggs at the same temperature. Yeah, well, cool. that's... Yeah, that's really fascinating and how it's showing how intelligent the bees are. Um, Now, guys, I thought we would go into admin stuff. So um, we'd check off with Steve. I've got a question for Steve from one of our um, listeners and um, we just want to update on the DPI. And then we thought we'd have a wonderful, wonderful, I don't know if we should call it wonderful, interesting topic that we shall talk about. And it's the not so sweet side of beekeeping. But first of all, let's tick off the admin side. Steve, admin, what's been going on um, in the last kind of couple of weeks since we've spoken? (laughs) Uh, well, okay, so DPI issued an order that wasn't industry re- approved here a few weeks ago, which really set everyone on fire. Uh, that has been rescinded and a new order has now come out. Uh, there's no more um, decorations required for movement of bees. 
uh, we are still required to do our 16-week um, surveillance methods, whatever that is. It's either drone uncapping, sugar shake, soapy water wash, alcohol wash. Um, other than that, it, it's it's really be vigilant. I've got to say to other beekeepers, like if you see something that doesn't look right, report it. Um, but don't go spreading it like you, you don't have to carry the hive around everywhere. Just report it. And someone in that area with a bit more experience, if you're lacking that area, should be able to come and help you. Yeah. All right. But look, generally, uh, there was supposed to be a, a CC, yeah, a CCEPP meeting or, or a national management group meeting. I haven't heard of anything like that of, uh, has happened. Um, there's a fair few minor things like um, no honey going around in the commercial area. Uh, prices are still being debated, debated very um, like uh, seriously. So at the moment, it's a little bit on edge, the beekeeping world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've been on edge since what was it, the twenty second of June, two thousand and. Let's see if I get this right. Twenty two. That's right. There we go. I've got it yep. down, Pat. <laughs> now we are. Um, I think New South Wales is starting education courses shortly. Um, I don't know how how they're going to be accepted. To be honest, we'll just see how they go. Uh, there is a Senate inquiry that's um, kicking off on the 5th of March in Newcastle, uh, which will be put online so people can catch up online. Uh, other than that, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, is there still no hives um, that have been killed from Varroa? Still no hives killed by Varroa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so is the DPI still killing hives? Uh, at this point in time, that has ceased. Okay, all right. Well, that's um, a positive. And yep. the bo- what's happening with the borders? Uh, borders are all closed at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put in for a permit and things like that, but uh, everyone I've spoken to, no one's had any approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's... It's going to be over the next couple of months that things have to be decided because we have major pollination events coming up later on in the year that we need to be uh, ready for. So uh, look, there'll be a lot of talks going on with the next couple of months, I might as well say. But other than that, look, no one's really jumping up and down and communication's really gone by the wayside, which is really sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is really sad. It's very, very yeah. sad. And it's something that we've keep harping on about that the beekeeping community in Australia has um, gone wayward, really. It's, it's very yeah. disheartening. It's very disheartening, considering that we used to be, you know, about community and camaraderie. But, yeah, so hopefully that can move to change. Um, yeah. All right, well, thanks for the update with that. Um, I thought maybe um, there's also an article I kind of wanted to touch on as well. But before that, I might move into the question that I had um, from one of our beautiful listeners. And she wanted to direct this at you, Steve. So I'm just going to read it out. Um, so she wanted to know, 
Um, Hi, Ali. Are you able to ask Steve, please, about fireweed honey? I don't know if it's that's what it is, but I read it can be poisonous in honey and suggested to cause cancer. Um, I'll have to. I'll have a super to harvest from that batch soon. Dandelion honey is supposed to have a distinct smell and taste. I can't detect that in this honey. Um, so I don't know what's been growing in the pasture there recently, and I don't have contact with the owners. Is there a way to test it? So I guess that's a, that's a lot of questions in one. So let's talk about fireweed honey. Do you know what that is? Because I've never heard of that. Okay. So fireweed is a, a weed that's generally growing grown where we've had um, dairy cattle, clover and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's a little yellow flower. Um, when the uh, sheep and cows eat around it, it actually smarts their eyes and gives like a burning sensation around their eyes and mouths, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the fireweed um, name comes from. When you, uh, when you actually get this honey, it is real bright yellow. But um, that also the wax comes out very yellow as well. Now, there is many things that gives you yellow wax and yellow honey. Yes, we've mentioned dandelions. Uh, there's a burr, there's a, a yellow burr, I think it's called out west. And what it is, it, it's just the colour of the pollen and it, it can stain real easy. Uh -huh. And usually if you look at it under a microscope, it actually has this real oily, fatty filament, and it the pollen's really, really fatty. Okay. And it's, it is a real peculiar um, uh, sight to see. So if they are worried what their honey is, that they usually ship it off to someone, or if they got access to a microscope, have a look at it under the microscope and pick out pollen spores, and. Um, then you go back to the Australian, uh, trying to think of the proper name of it. Anyway, uh, we have a major database of all our different pollens. And you can go through and pick it out. Anyway, that will tell you what it is. Oh, okay. And is fireweed honey cancerous? Because that's what she said. She read, I could read it can be poisonous in honey and suggested to cause cancer. Have you heard of anything like that? I've never ever heard of fireweed honey or dandelion honey being that way. Um, now, look, when we start talking about poisonous, usually if it's poisonous to bees, then we don't like it. Now, where I think she may be getting uh, a little bit confused is uh, um, Salvation Jane, um, Patterson Curse. Uh, that's supposed to cause cancer, right? Uh -huh. But you have to eat something like seven kilos of it every day for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it, it's like saying, is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Would you eat that about? No, you won't. Uh, so I've never heard of fireweed honey being uh, a problem. I've had it many times. Um, I actually usually fatten up my what we call nucleus colonies on. Mm -hmm. uh, because it is, it's a really good, uh, I think it's 24% crude protein, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a good breeder. So you okay. get nectar and you get pollen. Yeah. Okay. Now, if it's poisonous, this is another thing like um, sturt pea, it'll kill your bees as well. I've never yeah. had that problem with fireweed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, 
our insects are so sensitive that, yeah, I was thinking why would, yeah, it was a very interesting question to think that could it be if it's poisonous or cancerous, then you've got honey, which isn't antibacterial. So, yeah, it's a very interesting question. So thanks so much for sending that in, Michelle, because we learn through all these questions, so which is super cool. So now um, let's move on to our next little admin, and that was an article that the ABC did, and well done to the ABC for doing this because not a lot of media like to report on this. And that's we're touching on our favourite subject of all, my favourite subject, imported honey, bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> so, um, Simon, do you want to go into this one? Um, I um, think this is, well, yeah. what was interesting and I think I think we may have chatted about it, but you did a great post about buying some of this supermarket honey, and mm-hmm. um, I think Steve told you a technique where you yep. can mix it with um, fresh cold water or something, yep. and if it um, reacts in a cordial-like fashion, um, like you can see it, you know, disperse in the water, it usually shows that it's um, maybe adulterated, yeah. and um, and that's what happened when you bought some. And yep. did you say the brand you bought was um, Cloverdale? Yep. So I used one of the brands. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure I can now say it um, because it's now been widely investigated. But yeah, I used the green Cloverdale honey that was used, um, that is widely um, available. And it's called, uh, yeah, Pure Honey. So it's available <coughs> in a squeezy bottle on shelves in supermarkets. And, and so what, what I thought was good, um, in, in, it was a bit different to the old articles I've seen the ABC and other news stories do, they actually name the honeys to avoid if you want to avoid imported honey and they've pictured them in their article. Um, and so, yeah, Woolworths, I think mainly are the ones, or they all sell Cloverdale, but um, that was there. Coles are now selling a honey called the Honey Collective, and that's also imported, but they say that's from New Zealand. And then you've got Chandler's. Um, they don't give you a country of origin, I don't think. And um, and Alari Honey, and then they've all been traced back to um, Hive and Wellness, and Hive and Wellness is Capilano Honey, or was, um, you know, Capilano changed the name to Hive and Wellness. So, um yeah, I thought that was a you know a, a good article to um, to come out, but you know I I do have this feeling that a lot of people ha- are getting that message through, yeah. and um, and so yeah, well done to everyone there. Yeah, exactly. And look, the article for those who haven't read it, um, you can just simply Google ABC um, Australian honeybee industry. In council investigate concerns over imported honey. And, you know, it's interesting that they said that um, the number has since risen to 8,800 tonnes of imported honey a year. So that's just, <laughs> I can't even, and, um, <laughs> there's just no words for that. <laughs> and, 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 you know, this is, you know, I guess I were grilling Hive and Wellness here and the CEO is Mr. D. Almadidia. Uh, and he said, if we don't, um, if we don't do it, someone else is going to fill the void. Whether it's um, onshore or offshore, someone will offer cheaper imported honey. 
So, you know, I don't know in, if that means that, um, you know, if they should be banning it or, or there should be some litigation stopping it from coming in. But, um, you know, it's disappointing because at one stage they had, and it goes into it, this article, that after our last campaign they agreed and wrote a letter to all their beekeepers saying that they wouldn't import honey again. And, um, you know, a year later it started and, and now it's, yeah, at an all-time high. Yeah. 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 yeah other... Disappointing. Yeah. The other thing I'd like to point out there too, Simon, and, and I think it's been raised in a few different articles, it's not just the packers that are importing large quantities either. There's a lot of other manufacturers that's using honey in their products, and they're all coming from overseas too. And, mm. you know, that's where they – and they say they're an Australian company uh, supporting Australia and all that. So they're another one that could be helping Australia as well. And just on yeah, that – Yeah, Arnott's is one of them. Like we, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And um, someone said Toblerone as well. Oh, yeah. no, don't be breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we, we should write to Toblerone and ask them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, they um, They used to buy off a beekeeper I, I knew, and um, he said they stopped buying off him, and, and it was because the imported honey was, you know, 50 cents cheaper a kilo or something. Yeah. Oh and anyone following Facebook at the moment will see the protests that um, beekeepers, yeah, beekeepers are putting up yes. uh, along the same lines. Like, they're virtually saying exactly the same. So, yeah, they need their government to look after them as well. Well, it's a world trade. Again, yeah. And, and um, yeah, it, it's certain, certain industries it certainly doesn't suit. It might... It might suit McDonald's or these big multinationals, but it, it's, I don't think it's good for the consumers and good for the producers. Yeah, exactly. And, and I want to say that since we've all been doing this podcast, and thanks to you guys, our listeners, we've I've had so much feedback that you've all started buying direct from the beekeeper. And um, a lot of you have messaged me and said, oh, I want to buy direct, but I don't know where my local beekeeper is. And I always say, um, please follow Simon from Save the Bees. Um, he has a honey map. Um, is that pinned to your Facebook page, Simon? Um, it's definitely on the website, and okay. I'm, I'm 90% sure if you Google honey maps there. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, no, I, I should I should pin it to the Facebook. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's on, your, it's on the Save the Bees Australia website, everyone. Well, so, BeTheCure.com. Yep, bethecure.com. So I might start tagging that as well because um, I do tell people to follow you. So um, we definitely want to get that word out and spread all yep. the local beekeepers um, to purchase direct from them because there's nothing better than buying direct from the beekeeper. And especially from, you know, I can, like, when you buy direct from me, my heart dances. I'm like, oh, you're going to try my girl. And me and Steph are very biased with our honey <laughs> and then yep. what our girls create. And it, it makes our hearts so full when we have that support. Right, Steph? Oh, God, yes. Yes, so that's what I thought, you know, we'd kind of just say thank you for supporting us and thank you so much for listening to us and going on to support your local beekeepers. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk about the not-so-sweet side of beekeeping and this is for all our crime, true crime pod 
past people out there. Um, and it's something that I thought we should talk about because we're always talking about, you know, um, roller mite and disease and pests of hives. Last time we were talking about toads and zombie toads and my pro mantis friends. So we've had different topics, but I thought this one's worth a, a chat. And that is, yes, the uh, beekeeping industry where there have been some murders. So um, where should we start this one? This is going to be a very interesting one to delve into. So Steve, you've been in the industry for a very long time. So you've yeah. seen this probably, you know, seen it within the community. Yeah, so look, most of the times it's usually because resources are very, very limited. And mm-hmm. that's that's where the problem comes in. Uh, people are trying to get their bees on the best resources to get the best proper honey. Um, in the earlier days, we never had GPSs. We had maps with circles drawn on them or uh, eventually we had maps with a bit of, you know, longs and lats and all this. But when you go into the bush, it's not that easy finding that long and latitude on that ridge or something. And anyway, so someone would go, oh, I think I'm on my site. That'll be near enough. And 50 cuffs usually come about because, no, that's my site. No, that's your site. Mm-hmm. So firstly, people must understand as a commercial beekeeper, we all pay for what we call public land. So national parks, forests and local land services. Um, so it can become very expensive. So if someone's on your so-called rented site, of course you could become like very heated. Mm-hmm. But not only that, then if someone, let's say, dumps on top of you, that means puts their bees close enough to you or right next door to you, you could catch diseases. Yeah. So now we're talking about varroa mite and, and things like this. So years ago, if you see a beekeeper broken down on the side of the road, you used to pull up and say, you're right, mate. And yeah. it's sort of changed now. It's a, a little bit of you see someone broken down on the side of the road, quick, we'll beat him there, so that way we'll get the best sight. It's sad. Um, theft is a big thing when you consider uh, beehives yeah. are worth four or $500. And you can lift two or three of them into the back of a ute. Yeah. Um, it's not bad money for one night. But yeah. what a lot of people forget is every bee, every beehive, by the law, has to have a brand number on the bot on the brood box. Yes, we do. Yeah. Now that can be painted on. It can be branded on. And I know beekeepers that are using trackers. Um, uh, you know, they'll do all different things. Because this is the heart of your business. When yes. there's one in America at the moment, the beekeepers offered a hundred thousand dollars reward uh, for a hundred hives that are missing. Oh wow! I didn't know about so, that one. Yeah. So you imagine if you're just a small beekeeper and you only have twenty hives and twenty hives go missing, you've lost everything you've worked for. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be very draining and and um, disheartening uh, as you say when the honey is all in a container and someone comes along and steals it well that's disheartening as well yeah well 100% well this one is a Brisbane one 
Um, so this one was killed for his honey, and it was they called it the mystery of the beekeeper's murder. So, um, yep. and his name was Tony Knight. So he he was murdered. Um, yep. So he was actually asleep, and he was shot dead as he was asleep. And it came to light that it was another beekeeper, that another amateur beekeeper, that Mister Knight had actually shown around his property, um, and he had stole, stolen drums of I think it was worth eight thousand. Oh no, sorry, eight thousand kilos of honey worth about forty thousand dollars. And the reason why they discovered him is that um, the police, the ambulance had attended, and that he had been pinned by one of the drums of honey and then they tracked it back down to um his mr knight's the number you were talking about that unique number and that's how they'd found that this this person who is now in jail for life or no was the one who murdered him for his honey and so it's probably across all industries where there's, you know, mafia, murder and everything, but not a lot of people are aware that it even happens in the honey industry. Well, no, you're right. And as I say, like, uh, you're talking money. $40,000 is a lot of money to a lot of people. Yes. You know, unless you're one of a multi-millionaire or something like that, being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Kudos uh, to the person who won Powerball last week, two hundred million. <laughs> good on them. They bought a yep. ticket. That's yep. good on them. Yeah. Yep. But yes, yeah, forty thousand is a lot of money, and this was yeah. back thirteen years ago as well. So forty thousand thirteen years ago was probably triple what it's worth now. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And so these are the things that happen. But you see, going into not that case specific, but every every piece of honey that you produce has a unique footprint so i could have spotted gum here on the north coast of new south wales and stefanelli you could have spotted gum up there but what mine would show was could be different elements in the honey it could show um just different amino acids and all this different moisture whereas up there where you've got yours from it's just a slight variance. So what they would do is look at the samples I've got or other honey that I've produced, or I'll come to another area in a minute, um, other areas that they know that the given factor of the honey from that area um, show up to. Now, if we go down to Simon, who's in Melbourne, temperature is completely different. Because the temperatures are different, moisture might be 1% more. Yeah. So it, these footprints are all there. So Agrofutures, a couple of years ago after the bushfires, we um, Agrofutures actually sponsored a honey analysis uh, research, and that really showed the anomaly or yeah the differences of over two hundred and fifty different types of honey from all around Australia. Yeah. Which yeah. is great to see and. Yeah, you know, so that's that's how that case was actually solved through the honey um, being identified as well. You didn't you didn't get it from there. It's come from there. How did you get it from there when you haven't got bees there? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the guy in this case actually, you know, it would would seem as quite foolish. He kept going back to get more honey. I think. I'll yes, just he read did. Him now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, even after he'd, he'd done the murder. 
he was in that much of a desperate financial state that he kept on going back and um, and getting more honey from the stash, and and that's how he got caught. Yeah. And look, yeah, a drum of honey. People think, oh, just go and pick up a drum. A forty-four gallon drum is what we are talking about here. Mm. It's three hundred kilos. It's these things are heavy. They take your toes off. They, right. yeah, they're not easy to throw around. They are really, really heavy. Yeah, they're not. So he would have had to have gotten in and used his, um, you know, truck as such to help lift all those drums yep. of honey. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I thought I would kind of talk about this as well, which kind of links in, kind of not. So, um. It's interesting that these have been known to help solve, you know, murder cases. And I know you're going, what? Um, but I did read a, a article. So um, investigators contacted beekeepers, test their beehives for body decomposition. I can't talk properly. Um, <laughs> and they've drastically narrowed down the search area. So um, it says that if it tests positive, then we can estimate that the body is likely within two to five miles of those hives where the bees are. So I actually thought that was really interesting that bees um, are all basically researchers are using bees to help find bodies. Have you heard of that one? So is that basically yeah. saying that they are eating the dead bodies? Um, so it's basically a little article. So, yes. So um, Yeah, because if, if, if they're finding body decomposition in the hives... It means that they're eating the dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> no, so... Um, but it says basically, if a human body is dumped outside, they begin to decompose and honeybees, just by virtue of how they act in nature, they fly around and they land on flowers and other things and then they take that back to the hive. Oh, yes, so yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, so when yes. someone goes missing investigators contact beekeepers, test their beehives for body decomposition, I can't say that, (laughs) decomposition and drastically narrow down the search area. If it tests positive, then we can estimate, yeah, the body is likely within two to five miles of those hives where the bees are. So isn't that, I just thought that was fascinating. Well, the biggest thing with it, bees are very trainable, right? Yes. So what they've done with bees in the military is they fed bees with, um, uh, uh, I don't know, it's like explosives um, taste to it, right? And now what would happen is the bees will go out to the minefield and they their sense of smell is phenomenally high, right? They could land on a, on a mine and it doesn't go off, but if a dog runs out and sits on it, it blows the dog up. So yeah. bees are bees are usually a lot cheaper to train, a lot um, quicker to train than a dog. And if you blew up a bee, um, no one's going to really worry. So yeah. if if you felt if you fed bees honey that had a body odor to it, of course they would take you to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Steph, could yeah. you imagine opening, cracking open a hive and going, I smell body. <laughs> I cannot laugh because it's just, you know, but it's just an interesting thing. Like, I mean, I'm always learning and in awe of what 
bees too and that was very interesting and another article i read and you probably you you research and read a lot steve is that they said that they've helped solve crimes and this goes back to that guy who was stealing the drums of honey that um they believe a murderer will always go back to the scene and they that's the same as when bees go and collect pollen they'll share with their sisters where to go back and they'll keep going back to that source so yeah i just find that to be really interesting and we're always learning from them but yeah i definitely thought the um the body thing was very interesting watch out the body snatchers are coming (laughs) (laughs) oh but yeah I, i think a lot of people will be interested in that so i wonder what happens then like what do they do with their honey like that like like that sounds like it would be tainted a little bit like i'd hate to say that i just it would be kind of I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd want to sell that. Oh. Like if they came back <laughs> and said, "What is it prob- the um, soil probably... and green?" Um, famous, <laughs> what is it, Futurama? <laughs> I haven't seen. No, I just I could just imagine them saying, "Oh yes, your your beehive has tested positive." Uh, I'd be like, "Oh." Um. Okay. Um. Mm, okay. I, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, "That's a different infusion." I really well, wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I know what I'd do. I'd be selling it in uh, Pop New Guinea and places like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be yeah. like, "Hey, Steph, want to try my new flavor of honey? It's called Soulful." Like, I don't know. <laughs> No, that's honey plus that's what i'd call honey plus like that's yeah but um anyway so moving on i think it's just i think a lot of people will be going what the actual heck is going on there i actually no i do i'm not gonna lie i actually do think i have um one of my beehives has the um the dying body of an avocado tree (laughs) (laughs) for all of those who follow me along, (laughs) which is still alive, which is still alive. Okay. So, um, you know, we, I, I believe my beehive is still maybe keep my bees are keeping that ovo tree a little bit alive. Don't you think Steph? Uh, she's, she's dying. She's beyond savior. Unfortunately, the, the, yeah. No go. Oh gosh! Oh, I'm gonna have a laugh. If you can't laugh, you can't take <laughs> life seriously. But anyway, That's right. <laughs> well, we'll end it here, guys. I thought that it'd just be a nice, short, simple, interesting pod um, where we cover everything off. And I just thought it'd be interesting for you all to know about the not so sweet side to be keeping. But I think there is a Australian story um, that covers that too. Oh, the, really? Um, okay. Yeah, that night story. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to watch that myself. So I might just Google Australian story and. Um, Go and watch that. Mm. Yeah, bee murders. So, and it's and okay, we've got to make reference to the beekeeper movie, guys. Like, okay, oh, yeah, a it. reference. Oh. If a beekeeper wants to dead, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. I, hope Is it worth seeing? I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. I have seen it. Yes, I watched it last night. I thought it was great. It's good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Okay, yeah. So, is it got much reference to beekeeping, or is it just he's a beekeeper and he's on a mission to kill everyone? Or no? So yes and no. So he obviously is ex. I want to say it's like a high up military that is called the Beehive because right. what they do is they act like a beehive, and when something is out of place, they make it 
better by fixing the shit people of the world. Want to say that? Like, okay. <laughs> and All anyway, right. so he was retired and he was a beekeeper himself. So, yes, okay. it references beekeepers definitely, but it references the beehive is in itself the way it works. <laughs> so essentially yeah. like you know if you've got bad genetics coming through the hive what do you do ah uh, yeah okay, what okay. um but yeah. i don't want to wreck it for some people um no <laughs> but, so no, i've gone so on to movie have, reviews now yeah so it does have like a lot of references to the way the bees hot run the hive and everything like that which is great um yeah um, yeah, but for I've, anyone I've, who loves like really action-filled, um, gory, like I'm probably really sadistic. I kind of laughed at things I probably shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of that. It's not for children, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I got a good little cackle out of um, if anyone watches it, out of a stapler. Um, yeah, that would be really interesting. Uh, okay. And now, Have when you everyone, seen it, Steve? <laughs> now when everyone watches the stapler bit, they're going to be like, Steph is a sadistic yep. psycho. But it's really funny. Seen... I giggled at that bit. Like, I really giggled. Um... <laughs> Have you seen it, Steve? No, I was going to go next weekend. but so uh, good. I, I think I'm going to have to go to my undercover uh, agent store and get me a James Bond suit and a couple of guns and, yes. and all these, <laughs> no, you know. No, don't get guns, get staplers. Staplers, <laughs> right. Mark my words, it's hilarious. <laughs> Righto, okay, so I'm going to have to see this. So, okay, um, out of 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst, what what do we give this uh, review? The beat, like a. Yeah, I yeah. liked it, so I say 10. Oh, wow. Said, yeah. So Talos, wow. yep, so didn't like the ending. He thought it was anti-climax, so he would be a little bit, like, down in the number. But I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But I like the actor who is the beekeeper. He's a really good actor. He did really well. I liked him. Okay. All so right. if it had cane toads, then Talos would have given it more? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe if it referenced some toad meanings. All right. yeah. <laughs> you haven't left yourself much room for other B movies if you've already given a ten. Yeah, that's yeah, it's big, I, that's a big number. Yeah, I know, but I, I I like a good like a good um violent but like it's like you know the he's like a it's not a hero. You know the ant the villain, the anti well, no, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You know, a like, bit like Bruce Willis, is he? Yeah, he's like a like he does the right thing. Even though yeah. it sucks sometimes, he does. Yeah. yeah, and I like a good movie like that. And he just went in and just slaughtered, Picked like slaughtered so many people. It was great. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, yeah, he just and they were all like bad people. Like he was only killing bad people, but nonetheless, you were like, yeah, <laughs> like okay. And then he broke out the stapler, man. You'll be like, you'll think it's hilarious too. Like, or oh, maybe not. I don't know, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, so moral of the story, don't go and steal any of Steph's honey. She's going to bring out a stapler. And a rat okay. strap. I don't. There was a bit with a ratchet strap. And I was like, oh, my God, that is very imaginative. It's so great. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> All right. So, um, guys, if I go missing... 
and just look at Steph's um, office works receipts um, <laughs> to see if she has bought more than normal amount of staplers. Okay. <laughs> It was so funny <laughs> um, because I'm not pointing any fingers, but this is, um, you know, an interesting observant with Steph. <laughs> yeah, no, just come at me, bro. I'm coming at you with a stapler. <laughs> I better not kill any more plants. Anyway, guys, I'm going to end this. <laughs> Thank you for all of our weird and wonderful listeners who enjoy our weird and wonderful banter. Thanks so much.